Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon, everyone. Chiller day in Atlanta, but we are going to make it through. Can't wait for that spring time to start. So wake up, because you're with your host, Technisha, on the bright side with Technisha. And I'm coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, born and raised, home of the Falcons, all that good stuff. And on this show, we have people who have went through trials and tribulations. They tell you of their past experiences, their holistic journey, things to do with your body to get you moving and rejuvenated, things to do in the bedroom. I have all types of guests who keep it real, keep it spicy, and tell nothing but the truth. And with me here today is a wonderful man. Let me take you a little bit into this journey because I want to start off like this. Your eyes are the windows to your soul, the key to send the light that expands your consciousness, allowing you to experience greater presence and aliveness than ever before. That's the premise in Dr. Jacob Liberman's new book, Luminous Life, How the Science of Light Unlocks the Art of Living. Integrating 40 years of research, practice, and direct experience, this groundbreaking book presents a new science of life. Dr. Liberman is a pioneer in the fields of light, vision, and consciousness. Originally trained as an optometrist excuse me, and vision scientist, his life changed in 1976 after the miraculous healing of his eyesight, leading him to a deeper understanding of light and the science of life. Having helped countless individuals recover their eyesight, he began to understand the words of Jonathan Swift. Real vision is the ability to see the invisible. An internationally respected author and public speaker, Dr. Liverman's work has been lauded by best-selling authors and world-renowned thought leaders from Eckhart Tolle to Deepak Chopra. Dr. Liverman is the author of two other seminal books on light and vision and the developer of the first FDA clear medical device for vision improvement. His years of clinical research and direct experience have led him to a new philosophy of life that could be implemented by anyone at home, resulting in profound transformation that is rapid, significant, permanent. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Dr. Liverman on. Dr. Liverman, thank you for taking out time to be here with me and my guest. It's a pleasure to be with you today, Technicia. Thank you. I love what I do, and I love keeping people informed on things they do not know. As a matter of fact, because I know a lot of people probably want to see what the book looks like, because I have a copy. This is a copy of the book, Luminous Life. So I always try to go live for people who may don't have the time to actually just listen in, but you can sneak a video in. So I love to go live for everyone to see. And make sure if you're listening to the replay, share it with your friends, your family, get the word out. But this is the book, Luminous Life by Dr. Jacob Liberman. So, Dr. Um, Liberman, I, I guess I want to ask, what got you on the journey to actually write this book? 
Well, uh, the journey has been a long one, as you can imagine. But um, one of the most profound things that happened was that about 42 years ago, while I was a, this was in 1976, while I was a practicing optometrist uh, and vision scientist after I had been wearing glasses for years, I had a rather profound experience. I closed my eyes to do my daily meditation practice. And in the process, I had a very unusual vision. It felt as though, even though my eyes were closed, that I could see myself, that I could see myself in the room meditating. And when I opened up my eyes, my eyesight was clear, but clear in a way that I don't ever remember before. And when I examined my eyes to see what had happened, I was seeing 300% better. Uh, interestingly okay. enough, that has remained with me for the past 42 years. I've never worn glasses uh, since that day for reading or for distance, and I'm 70 years old now. So what yeah. that experience showed me is that miracles can happen. Things can happen in an instance, sometimes without doing anything or without trying to fix anything, sometimes times our life is is touched by grace and something profound uh, can occur sometimes people have cancers and other kinds of issues and they have what's called a spontaneous remission uh, I think that that's probably what I experienced 42 years ago and that was a major opening to my life to start looking at things differently and realizing that things don't always work the way we think and so it 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 sort of got me on a on a new path of looking um at things a little bit differently and that sort of led me to start looking at how light impacts our body because I was an eye doctor at the time of course I was interested in the eye but the eye doesn't work by itself the eye is married to something called light and without light we cannot see. Well, when I started investigating all of this, I realized that a lot of the light that enters our eyes is not for seeing, but it literally tells our body how it needs to respond to life. And it does that because the sunlight is changing continually uh, outside and the inside of the body needs to know how to respond to it, no differently than how a plant responds to light. When the sun comes up in the morning, a plant literally turns itself so that it is in perfect alignment with the sun in order to receive not only the nourishment of light, but the guidance of light so the plant knows how to grow. We know that to be true with animals, and now we know that it's true with humans as well. So this book is really about the fact that our lives are literally guided by light. Throughout the day, as the sunlight is changing in the atmosphere, all of our cells are adjusting themselves so that the inside of our body and Mother Nature can live in harmony book is really a whole new premise on how to live in a way that's 
is effortless and uh, filled with more joy and contentment. I, yes, and I had the pleasure of reading it too, so I appreciate my copy. I really do. Now, everybody else has to go get theirs, but I, I would like to ask, I guess, because early up in your optometric career, you experienced, like you said, a sudden significant lasting improvement in your vision during a meditative experience. Um, can you tell us about that, Dr. Lemonman? Yeah. Um, what happened is it was a it was a Sunday, and I sat down to do my daily meditation. I closed my eyes, and in the middle of this experience, I started having an unusual um, experience that I'd never had before. As I mentioned earlier, my eyes were closed. Right. But I felt I felt as though I could see myself in the room meditating and everything that I was seeing, even though my eyes were closed, was mm-hmm. crystal clear. And wow. uh, as I said, when I opened up my eyes, I could see clearly. I got into my car. Uh, my license at that time said that I had to wear glasses in order to see, but I didn't put my glasses on. I put them on the seat next to me, and I started driving to my office. And I could see all the license plates, and I could see the billboards, and I could see the street signs. And when I got to my office and I actually examined myself, I was seeing 300% better. I was seeing a little bit better than... 2020 and before this happened when I would remove my glasses I would just see the big E on the eye chart and um, this was rather uh, rather profound for me because I was a doctor and this wasn't supposed to happen and uh, so I decided to actually examine my eyes to see if there had been a change in in my eyeglass prescription and to my amazement my eyes had improved 300%. I mean, my eyesight had improved 300%, but my eyes hadn't changed at all. The prescription in my eyes was exactly the same. And the only thing that I could conclude from that, Technicia, is that mm-hmm. we don't see with our eyes, that there is something else within our humanity that is actually seeing, which is much more than just our physical eyes. And so for the last over 40 years, I've really been looking at what is it within us that experiences this process that we call life? What is it that is noticing things inside of us? Let me give you an example. Yes, you, you know, when uh, when you get worried or when people are thinking about things, they're aware that their mind is thinking. And the reason that they're aware that their mind is thinking is because there's something inside each of us that sees everything. And that part of us that is aware of what's happening in the body is aware of what's Mm -hmm. happening outside of us, but also aware of what's happening in our own minds that is the actual source of our seeing and in that moment 42 years ago i got in touch with that how it happened 
I don't know exactly, but I got in touch with that, and it's never left me. And as I mentioned before, my eyesight has remained stable for over 40 years uh, without glasses, and my life uh, has changed from the way it was back then where I was often very concerned and worried about things in my life. My life is much more at ease right now. So what I try to share in this book are some very simple ways that people can begin to become more aware of very subtle things that are happening within them that can often change their outlook on life radically and improve their health and their wellness and their emotions and so on. Yes, and that's what you explained through, mostly throughout your book. You're taking us through a whole journey, the intelligence of life. The true, and the true attraction law, I mean, because we always talk about the universal attraction law. What is your yeah. definition of this law, um, the truth behind it? Well, most of the time when people speak about the law of attraction, they speak about it as a way of getting what you want. However, I have not found that that has not been my experience. What I find is that life brings us what we need, but that isn't always what we want. And um, I started looking at this as a scientist many, many years ago, and I realized that the body is made up of minerals, among other things. And minerals, when they're excited, they attract to themselves the same energy they're giving off. And so what I came to realize after I looked at this scientifically is that our body is continually putting out a field of energy. You can call it an aura, or in science, they, they call it a subtle energetic emanation or a biofield. But the body puts out energy, and the energy is like a measurement of where the person is at their state of health, their state of wellness, their state of consciousness, if you will. And that is always attracting to itself a mirror image of where the person is at. So what that essentially does is it helps us to evolve. So for me, the law of attraction is not mm -hmm. something where I sit and I think all day, oh, I want a new car, I want a new car, I want a new car, and eventually I get a new car. I don't actually find that it works in this way. What I find is that our life brings us the experiences we need so that we can gain new awareness, and in the process of gaining that new understanding about life, our life changes our life improves, and hopefully our health improves as well. Right on. I agree with you, um, Jacob, all the way. Now, we talked about <clears throat> we talked about shifting your vision and how it impacted your insight as well as your eyesight. Um, 
what are some tips for improving your vision altogether? Well, there's many, many things. First of all, as you know, Technicia, so many people wear eyeglasses. And hardly any yeah. of us are born needing glasses. Most of us are not. don't come out of our mothers with glasses on our face. We can see quite well as infants and as children and as teenagers. But when we start studying hard, when we start using our eyes a lot, when we start reading books, and especially today where everywhere you go, people are staring into their, their iPhones uh, or their, you know, their little phones are staring at these little, little screens, and they do it for hours on end. In fact, people don't mm-hmm. even look at each other anymore. <laughs> While you're no. sitting and eating, everybody's checking their, their iPhone for messages and texts and emails and so on. So one of the things we need to remember is that our eyes are designed primarily to look far away, to look and see the big picture rather than the small picture. So in this world of technology, where we're surrounded by computers and cell phones and tablets and all kinds of technology, it's important to spend time to look off into the distance, to look out the window. So if you're sitting at your computer, maybe there's a window behind it. So every few minutes you look outside and you look at nature and you look off into the sky or off into the distance. Um, It's really important when you're driving your car to shift your attention from off in the distance where you're looking at the car in front of you to look at your speedometer and then back off into the distance. In other words, Allow your eyes to look from far to near, from left to right, up to bottom. Let them exercise by just moving around a lot. That's number one. The next thing that's really important is that most of us that wear glasses never Mm -hmm. take them off until we go to sleep at night. But glasses are a tool. It doesn't have to be an addiction. And so what I like to suggest to people is the moment they get home, when they step into their house, the first thing they do is they take off their glasses and put it by the door. They're not going to bump into walls in their own house. They know where everything is. They don't have to be concerned. Obviously, if they have a really strong prescription or if they're an elderly individual, they could leave their glasses on if they feel more comfortable. But if the prescription is not that terribly strong, it's really valuable to spend time without your glasses on. Ten minutes here, ten minutes there. Spend time without them. And when you, after you feel comfortable not wearing your glasses for a period of time, let's say in a place you're familiar with, like your home, Maybe you take a walk around your block or around your yard without your glasses on. The idea is to start to feel comfortable and more secure without your glasses on. And as you leave your glasses off, remember, 
exercising your eyes is really important. Look far away, then look at your hand. Look far away, then look at your hand. Let your eyes move back and forth and up and down and left and right. And all those movements give your vision more flexibility. And with greater flexibility of vision, you yourself become more flexible. Because our eyes guide every single thing that we do. Every step we take in our life is guided by our eyes. If you're someone who wears sunglasses, I suggest you wear your sunglasses less. There's nothing wrong with wearing sunglasses if you're driving into the sun or if you're out on a boat on a Sunday uh, or if you're out skiing. But to wear sunglasses all the time is actually not good for your health because the sun is like the most powerful fuel in the universe. It's like the highest octane fuel that a human being can take in. This is why the Bible speaks of God as light. There's no accident there. So it's really important to allow that light to enter our bodies, not only through our skin, which it does to help create vitamin D, which is extremely important to preventing things like cancer and macular degeneration and diabetes and obesity and many of the diseases of today are related to vitamin D deficiency, which basically means we're not getting enough sunshine. So sunshine is like a tonic. It's like a very powerful vitamin and nutrient that we can't live without. And we all always, we feel good when we go out in the sun. So it's important to leave your glasses off. It's important to wear your sunglasses less and to spend some time every day in the sun. And if you don't do it very much, start out with a minute or two and increase by a minute or two every day until you get to about 25 or 30 minutes a day out in the sunshine. It will make a huge, huge difference in your life. And Dr. Jacob, this will actually just work for anyone who has terrible eyesight, vision, or whatever you want to really call it. This, this, these tips will actually work for them if their eyesight is that bad? Well, every this is one of the interesting things I found with glasses. You know, when we start wearing stronger and stronger glasses, we get used to them and then we can't see without them. Okay. However, when we start wearing our glasses a little bit less, we also get used to that and we can start seeing also without them. So okay. over the years that I was in practice, I would first suggest to people to wear their glasses a little bit less, especially where they felt comfortable, like in their homes and so on. And then one of the things that they could do is if their eye doctor will work with them, they can order a slightly weaker pair of glasses. Not 
It doesn't have to be a lot weaker so that they feel uncomfortable, but just a little bit weaker, and they'll still be able to see well, but they'll feel more comfortable. They'll feel they'll just feel a little softer within themselves. So there are a lot of things that you can do. My my second book, which was called Take Off Your Glasses and See. Uh, dealt with a lot of these kinds of issues about improving vision and eyesight. The new book, Luminous Life, does share uh, a lot of great information about vision and vision improvement, but it has a lot more than that. Uh, it it shows the person how to do little one-minute meditations so that you know, rather than having to sit and close your eyes for 20 minutes at a time, which most people don't have time to do, I make a suggestion that they close their eyes for one minute at a time. So every time somebody's using the bathroom or before and after they eat or after they wake up and before they go to sleep at night, they take a moment just to close their eyes and to notice something rather fascinating. As we breathe, our body is continually expanding and contracting like a balloon. And so I just suggest to people to notice that movement, how the body is expanding and contracting. Because even though we think that that's only happening in our bodies, what I've discovered is that that fundamental movement is happening everywhere in the universe. Every animal Every tree, every rock, the earth itself, the solar system, the whole universe, they're all breathing. All of them are expanding and contracting. And so you okay. could say that, that that rhythm, the way our bodies expand and contract, is sort of right. like the heartbeat. It's like a heartbeat of the whole universe. And so I have them watch that. With their eyes closed, they just notice that, and that's very comforting. It calms the mind. It calms the body. And when we're in a state of relaxation and feeling calmer, our health improves. We have less stress and so on. So a lot of the things that I recommend in the book really help people to just relax a little bit more, to be a little bit calmer, and to recognize that so much of our life is happening and is continually happening without us having to think about it or do anything right. about it. It's occurring by itself. Right. It makes sense. I'm, I'm best trying to keep up because this is a lot of new information to me because I do, I wear glasses. So these are things that I can incorporate, but I don't wear them all the time. Except probably if I'm driving, I might need my glasses so I don't run the one over. Um, so what would you say is the significance? Because I hear this expression a lot. It caught my eye. Yeah, the signif- that's, that's a very powerful statement. It is. We all say, you know, we, we all say it caught my eye, but most I of us too. never ask. We don't ask what is the it that caught our eye. And well, I do. Really, I, well, yeah. Well, I don't think I ever ask in that way, but I guess, for example, when I'm taking orders, because I'm a waitress, I always ask the guests, 
well, what caught your eye on the menu? Because they always tell me, I need a moment. So then when they put it down, well, what caught your eye? What got you excited to look at it, you know? You know, that's a fantastic question that you're asking them. And uh, because, for instance, I rarely, if ever, read a menu. I always notice what catches my eye. And there is a reason that things catch our eye. And that's because they're looking for us. Rather, we're always thinking that we're looking for things in life, that we have to make decisions. But what if it's actually working the other way around? For instance, let's imagine that you're standing by a a tree that makes apples, an apple tree. The apple tree doesn't look for the sun. The sun looks for the apple tree. And when the sun touches the apple tree, the apple tree starts moving toward it. So you could say the sun is catching the eye of the apple tree, and it then leads the apple tree to grow in a certain direction and to develop and to create beautiful apples. And so this is a beautiful example of how light guides the entire growth and development of a plant. Now let's look at it in terms of human beings. The same thing is happening within our own bodies. What's catching our eye is light grabbing our attention in order to guide us to move in a certain direction. Whether it is to guide us to eat something on the menu, which we may not even have thought of, but may be very nutritious for us, or maybe it's a feeling that we get. You see, what we call intuition, or I had a feeling, or I had a gut feeling today, or I had an insight, or I had a flash, or there's so many different ways we talk about this. But those words all mean the same thing. It means that something caught our attention. And I'm here to tell you and your listeners that what's catching our attention is light. The same light, the same light that the Bible speaks of as God. And physicists say this energy of light is what everything is created from. So what I'm suggesting is that when we go outside, we don't actually see light. Light is invisible, but we experience something that looks bright. So brightness is what we experience. But the energy that triggers our eyes to experience brightness is the most powerful energy in the universe. As I said, this is why the Bible refers to God as light. And that light is guiding every cell of our body. Not only do the eyes in our face see, but every cell in our body has eyes. And those eyes have the ability to detect light and to follow its guidance. So every part of our body is dependent upon and guided by light. So 
it's extremely important to allow that light to enter our eyes. And so when something catches your attention, follow it. You don't have to question it. Just follow it. You know, when we were all in school, your teachers would often say, your first impression, that's the right one. Your first feeling, that's the right one. Because that is that guidance, that it, that catches our attention, that catches our eye, and takes us where we need to go in our lives. We are so addicted to worrying and thinking that we have forgotten that our lives are actually guided, that we are often led to where we need to be at different times of the day and at different times of our life. And that's been a life changer for me personally. And this is one of the main reasons I wrote the book because I felt it was so important for other people to be reminded of this so that they could notice this in their own life and it would make a difference for them. And I'm sure that I'm sure they will get that difference out the reading because it's just more than talking about eyesight. This book is way deeper than that. So in order to understand you would definitely have to read it. And it's really opened up my eyes because you actually taking us on this journey where we're finding out that the light which we think of God, like you said, your intuition, those little instincts that you get, that little bulb light that goes off. It's got plant growth. It directs the many animals on their migratory journeys. And it also affects us as human beings. So we are learning a lot, but we're going to take a short break because we want to come back with Dr. Jacob and talk about the top three tips to get our inner GPS back on track. So I do not want you touching that dial. You're listening to The Bright Side with Technisha on Blog Talk Radio. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog, 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 Talk, Blog Talk Radio, baby. In the wake of a disaster, what one thing can you send that will help people the most? A blanket, a tent, a sandbag, a doctor. Actually, if you send a monetary donation, you send all these things. Even a small donation can make a big impact and can quickly become exactly what people affected by disaster need most. In the wake of a hurricane, your monetary donation can make a huge difference to those in need. To donate, visit supporthurricanerelief.org. That's supporthurricanerelief.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hey, everybody. This is Josh Groban. After so many years on the stage, one of my favorite things about music is its ability to inspire and nourish the soul. That's why I'm proud to work with Feeding America, an organization that inspires hope for families in need and helps nourish the 16 million kids in this country struggling with hunger. Every year, billions of pounds of excess food go to waste, while one in five children may be left not knowing where their next meal is coming from, or if it's even coming at all. Thankfully, the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks collects surplus food and helps deliver it to kids in need across the country. But they can't do it alone. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. 
All right, we're back, and we also want to have a moment of silence because we know we lost uh, a legendary. We lost Craig Mack. He was one of the 90s popular rappers, and he tragically died of a heart failure at 46 um, as mm. of yesterday. So our condolences to him and his family. I mean, no other than we had Tupac and a notorious B.I.G., these are legendary rappers that will live on forever in our hearts and who started all that. And one of my favorite hits of his 1994 was Flavor in Your Ear. You couldn't get no better than that if everybody should know. If you was rocking that beat, you knew what was actually going on. So my condolences to him and his family. We are here right now. If you're looking at the replay, we're here with Dr. Jacob Liberman, who has the book Luminous Life, How the Science of Life Unlocks the Art of Living. We're talking about eyesight, and we're going farther than just eyesight. So that's why I say you really have to get this book, because we're talking about how the shift in your vision it not only impacts, impacts your eyesight, but it, it also your insight as well. We are talking about how light guides a plant growth and directs many animals on their journey, and it also affects you as a human being. But my question before we left off, I wanted to ask, what would be your top three tips to get our inner GPS back on track? Well, this is really important, so let me just um... – let me just give people an example. So you are in Atlanta, right? And if you leave the city of Atlanta, you can probably find areas where there's a nice little forest. And if you go to the forest to take a walk or go out in the country, you're going to see other animals like deer or squirrels, maybe even a little bear. It's interesting that it's winter time right now or beginning of spring and the temperatures are colder. Now, when it gets cold for us, we put on our overcoats, but we don't ever see any animals in the wild wearing coats. They seem to be able to adjust to changing weather conditions throughout the year, and they do it naturally. How do they do that? When uh, the animal doesn't wait for the snow to start falling from the sky and then say, oh, I have to put on a coat to stay warm, the, every part of that animal, two or three months before the winter comes, all of the cells in that animal's body are continually adjusting to the changes that are happening in Mother Nature, the changes in the light level, the changes in the length of the day that tell that animal that winter is approaching. And it tells it so clearly that the, the, the animal begins to develop more hair on their skin. Their skin begins to get thicker. The point I'm making is that the light in the environment is continually mm -hmm. guiding every cell of our body. It's making a little bit of an adjustment every second of every day of our life so that our body 
is always dancing harmoniously with Mother Nature so that our body is always in sync with what's going on outside. Most of us talk about being normal. However, most of the things that we do that we call normal are totally unnatural. And that lack of connection with Mother Nature is what creates so much of the illness that we have uh, in our culture. So in terms of tips, the thing, the reason I give this example is our bodies work the same as all of these other animals in the wild. The more time that we can spend outdoors in nature, the more our body remembers exactly how to adjust itself to continually changing conditions. And it ends up staying much, much healthier. And that has to do, as I said before, with light not only touching our skin, but light also entering by way of our eyes, as you said in the beginning, the windows of the soul. So if people can spend some time outdoors every day without their glasses on, and if weather is warm, maybe a a shirt that would allow light to touch their arms and so on, they're first of all going to be a heck of a lot uh, healthier. You see, when you go outside and the the sun touches your skin, uh, it helps to produce vitamin D. And just having a higher amount of vitamin D in your body can help to prevent many cancers, heart disease, diabetes, Mm -hmm. uh, obesity, macular degeneration, and even Alzheimer's. So just getting sunshine can make a tremendous, tremendous impact on our health. When we get sunshine, our mood also goes up. So if we have a tendency to feel depressed and down sometimes, just getting some sunshine can make you feel much better. Getting a daily, your minimum daily requirement of sunshine lowers your cholesterol, lowers your blood pressure, lowers your blood sugar, and also burns off a lot of calories, even if you're not exercising. So you can lose weight just by being outside in the sun, even if you're not doing a lot. So if you go to a gym to exercise, I say... Do your exercise by taking a walk outside and getting some sunshine. You'll burn twice as many calories as possible. So those kinds of things, getting more sun, leaving your glasses off, those are all incredibly vital to your health and wellness. Now, before I mentioned these little one-minute meditations, Maybe this yes. is a good time to, to explain it a little bit more. Yes, how do um, we make our life on meditation? So, you know, people go to church on Sunday yes. and they pray. And they pray yeah. for something. And I remember once a minister asked me to speak at the church. And um, 
and I was sitting in on the service, and the minister was talking about prayer. And then he said to me, would you speak at next Sunday's service? I said, sure. And he said, what would you like to speak about? And the first thing that came out of my mouth was my life as a prayer. Rather than praying, what if our life was a living prayer? What if our life was about doing good things in the world and let me explain what I mean. We, you use the example that you work in a restaurant, and when people ask you something about the food on the menu, you say to them, well, what's catching your eye on the menu, which is really yes. the thing that, that's calling out to you. Well, you know, all day long, opportunities happen in our life that catch our eye and most of the time we don't pay attention to it we're paying attention to our to our the ideas and thoughts in our mind but we don't notice what's looking for us and why is that important throughout the day we have opportunities to really do god's work to make our life a prayer what do i mean by that you are a uh, you said that you work in a restaurant. And yes, I do. Obviously, if you do a good job, which I'm sure you do, hopefully you. somebody le- leaves you a nice tip. But a nice yes. tip is not enough. When someone is taking care of you and making mm-hmm. sure that your coffee mm-hmm. is hot and that your breakfast yes, is good, you know... There's something very special about that. And so when I go, I have a a place I like to go to get breakfast. And the young people that are working there, they're so sweet. And yes, I give them a good tip. But often I look at their eyes and I realize, you know, their mom and dad really did a great job. And when I have that feeling, sometimes I say to them, how often do you speak to your mom and dad? Oh, yeah, once a week. I said, would you do me a favor? What's that? Next time you talk to them, tell them they did a great job. And I find that doing those kinds of things, taking a moment to acknowledge someone who has caught your eye by being sweet, or taking it like yesterday I was going to the post office and an elderly lady was walking toward the door very slowly and I opened the door and she she said oh it's going to take me a while to get there I said I got all the time in the world I got all the time in the world (laughs) to be here for you and then I you know brought her a chair and so on I guess what I'm saying is these little opportunities that catch our attention all day long. These are opportunities to say, I love you. These are opportunities to say, thank you. These are opportunities to say, I'm so grateful to have you in my life. And these are the kind of things that are catching our eye all day long. And, you know, sometimes we get so concerned by the things that are going on in the world that are not very nice. 
people killing each other, people stealing oh, yeah. from each other, people doing things that are just not God's work. And sometimes it can be overwhelming because we have so many of those things going on. And I remember I was doing a talk in Miami and a woman raised her hand and she said to me, Jacob, what can we do about evil? And I said, I'm not sure we can do anything about evil. And she said, well, why not? I said, why? She said, why not? I said, because the people that we think are evil, they think they're doing God's work. And I said, you can't, you can't convince someone that needs to be convinced. I said, but aside from the people that you think are doing something evil, what's the most important thing in your life? And I said to her, I said, for me, this part of my life is about planting seeds of goodness. Just like yeah. if you planted planted a seed to grow an apple tree, what if you were planting seeds of doing good things, of helping people, of saying thank you, of just letting the person in, you know that's trying to get onto the freeway to to get in front of you or to give them the parking space? I guess what I'm saying is. What's catching our eye are the opportunities of doing things that are really God's work. And in that way, our life becomes a prayer. And in so doing, we feel better. We not only feel better emotionally, we feel better because we're healthier. And when we become healthier, we become luminous. We give off more light. You know sometimes when you're looking at a baby and they're happy, their eyes are sparkling. They're bright. Adults have the same capabilities. When we're happy, when we're content, when we're doing good things in the world, our life is bright. Our life is meaningful. And so this thing that I mentioned about catching your eye. Here are some other examples. Most people, when something catches our eye, they said, ah, I'll do it tomorrow. They see the dishes in the sink. I'll wash them later. The bed's got to be made. I'll take care of it tomorrow. And they think that some things in life are important and other things are not important. I say everything, everything has the same level of importance. Whether it be walking an elderly person across the street or paying your bills on time or saying I love you or saying I'm sorry or washing the dishes or making the bed, if we pay attention to everything that's catching our eye, our entire life will change and it will change very, very dramatically. We would all be unhappy If the sun didn't rise in the morning, if it came up at lunchtime, we'd say, wait a minute, why is the sun doing that? The sun never comes up early and never goes down late. That which is moving everything in this universe times everything perfectly. It times the beating of our hearts. It times 
how our body breathes. It times how much blood, uh, how our blood processes the sugar that we eat. It times everything in our health and wellness. So when something catches our eye, life is looking for us. It's not that we should say, oh, I'll do that later. It happens in that moment because that is the moment. And that's when we need to do it. So whatever catches your eye, follow it. See where it okay. takes you and your whole life will change. That is some good. I like that. It is, it's, it's meant, it's, it's asking for our attention. That's basically what it's doing. I like that. Now you speak about breathing just, just a moment ago as well as in your book. So what is actually the connection between our breath and our ability to see and be? Uh-oh, we lost our delivery man. Uh, let's see if he'll call back in because we really, okay. There I go, Dr. Liverman. Sorry for that yeah, connection. Look, I should probably be um, asking instead on our connection between our breathing and, and everything else, I should be asking, well, since we just had that technology issue, um, Dr. Liverman, how has modern technology impact us? Well, you know something, as I mentioned earlier, you know, you work in a restaurant. And I do. I imagine, yes. I, I imagine so many people, when they're in the restaurant, rather than enjoying their meals, they're constantly looking at their phones. Everybody that comes they in, are. their phone is sitting on on the table right next to them, it's like it they're, ad it's not like they're addicted to their phones. They are. It's actually in their hand while they're, while you're trying to take the order. Hold on. Um, let me take this phone. It's like, oh my God, is it? And, and you're right. As you said in the beginning, we have weaned away from the two-way conversation face-to-face. -face. We don't even do that anymore. How many of my listeners right now, even on live, do you ever pick up the phone and call someone? How many phone numbers can we actually remember? Not just ours or your work job or maybe that best, best friend, but how many numbers can we remember? Uh, growing up, Dr. Liverman, I used to remember so many numbers. Now I don't even think I can remember. Um, I think I probably can remember about two or three. Well, and probably if I don't remember, that's because I don't call a lot of people, but I will check on you out the blue. But it really is how technology has really taken over. Um, it has made, to me, our children lazier. Um, these children of yeah. this generation, they don't go outside. They love to stay on tablets. Mine, for instance, I have twin girls, stay on tablets all day. Growing up, we didn't have technology, so we had better. To me, we were more privileged because we knew, hey, I'm going outside. I'm going to play hopscotch, hide and seek, um, play my little hand games, jump rope, whatever we had to do to entertain ourselves. But now we don't even have that. Our own kids can't even experience that because, oh, I got this this darn technology in my hands. I, I can't go without it. I gotta I gotta go. Even if I go grocery shop, I gotta have this in my hand. It's like, oh my god. And I I think that is, it's such a waste because to me, even on your off days or whatever you're doing, take a break, disconnect from the world for a while. Cut. Cut off your notifications off your phone. Put your phone on night shift so you don't even see the light. The, uh, put on do not disturb if you have an iPhone 
whatever you have to not even hear it bling. Or, and if you have to tell people, hey, I'm taking a break for a while. I'm sorry. I just won't be on. You know, we have to mentally disconnect ourselves from this social world because it will drive you actually crazy. I try not to even watch the news. And I went to school to be a news reporter. But it, it bogs our life down. It, it, it gathers us with so, mit, so many emotions. And that's what the world plays off on our fears. It plays all, all our fears. That's the biggest thing that most people can make money off of is our fear. If they tell you it's a snowstorm right now in Georgia, what's the first thing you guys did? Be honest. You all went grocery shopping. You bought up the whole store. All the shelves were empty because you thought that you were going to get snowed in. That's how much fear plays. Yes, that's how much it does. Um, so, Dr. Jacob, since we discussed on that, what are some tips that our listeners can use to reduce the impact of technology? You know, the first thing, uh, Technicia, is to realize everything you just said and how right on everything you just said is. This technology has replaced alcohol and drugs and everything else as the biggest right. addiction that we have. We are addicted to these things. Kids go crazy. Adults go crazy if they don't have their phone. And it's right. designed to be an addictive tool. It's designed to be that way. And so it's really important to turn off the ringers. It's really important to take mm-hmm. some time off. And so our listeners could do something simple. Uh, turn the phone off at a certain time of the day. When you go, when you're going to the bathroom, when you're going to have lunch or breakfast or dinner, make it a point that the phone is turned off. You turn the ringer off You turn it face down and just notice how long you can go without looking at it. You'll find that your food will digest better. You'll be a lot more at peace because, you know, we've been talking about light for this entire hour. Well, these little devices give off light, but the light that they give off, is totally different than sunlight. So when you use them at night, it basically tells you, it fools your body and tells your body that it's actually daytime. And then when you try to go to sleep, you can't go to sleep because your body thinks it's daytime. People get up during the night and they turn on their phones to look at their phones. When that light from the phone goes into their eyes, It basically tells their body that it's daytime, and their body gets very confused. Now, we know people, for instance, that work all night, and and they're under normal daylight. I mean, they're under indoor lights during the night. They have a much higher incidence of cancer and other diseases. So light is very powerful, but light at the wrong time basically guides your body to do the wrong thing. And when it does that, you can get sick. And so iPhones, uh, all of our handheld devices, 
come out with a light that is unnatural, and if we use them late at night or in the middle of the night, it can impact our health and even how long we live. So I hope all this has been helpful to you and your listeners, you and I'm, I'm grateful, grateful that we've had this Thank time you. together today. I am too, Dr. Jacob, and I appreciate you for enlightening us on that. One thing about it, I might don't know something, but that's why I have you wonderful, beautiful guests on to teach me all these things, and it's so it's so insightful for me to learn this information. I know a little bit on technology, but I had no clue about this eyesight and vision and all this. But if you're curious too, make sure you pick up the book, Luminous Life, um, Amazon, Barnes Noble, Kindle, however you want to get your technology on. Um, but before I leave you, I want to give the truth of the day, which is this, from my friend and former guest, Mary Ellen Signovich. Pain is inevitable. Suffering is a choice. As a child, when you fall and scrape your knee, you experience pain. Adults experience pain in different ways. Experience physical pain from illnesses, and we must experience pain in order to grow and learn. Pain is a wake-up call, a call from God, the universe, for you to become aware of the imbalances in your life. Suffering, on the other hand, is a choice you make when you hang on to the past or if you see yourself as a victim. You could choose at any given moment to let go of the past or to claim yourself as a warrior instead of a victim, therefore ending your needless suffering and performing your own special miracle. Today, perform your own miracle, let go of suffering, enjoy the day, and make sure you catch my replays at www.brightsidewithtk because there was a show we talked about pain and suffering, if you remember. Yes, so make sure you catch that replay. And also remember, either your mind has to spend to match your goals or your goals with strength to match your mind. So what we're going to do, we're going to grow people, and that's what I want you to do. God bless, and I'll see you the next time on The Bright Side with Technicia. Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. 